Hello and welcome to RZ Weekly, our podcast about Israel, religious Zionism, and modern orthodoxy. My name is Ruben Smolter. I'm here with Rabbi Mali Bravsky. Hello, Mali. Hello. Hi. Uh, and Rabbi Johnny Solomon is our normal third contributor. He's away on assignment, family assignment, as it were. Um, Rabbi Mali Bravsky is a senior faculty member at Michlelet Levasser Yerushalayim and maintains a clinical social work practice in Gutsetion. And I am the director of OTS Amiel Bakila and the rabbinic liaison for English-speaking countries for Igun Rabbanate Sohar. In today's podcast, we have mailbag. Molly, we need a mailbag like uh, sound yes, effect or something. Like a ding. Yes, I'm kind of. Right. So okay, try again. We'll have mailbag. Uh, ding. There you go. Okay, and then we have two topics for you today. Topic number one is uh, the the, uh, the the topic of not environmentalism, but religious Zionism and uh, I would and uh, social issues and the specific question of why do religious Zionist people seem to be less involved in in social issues than other people? That's uh, topic number one. And then the second topic we're going to be asking Mali in her capacity as a social worker about the curious case that's happened here, the very distressing case of Rabbi Shmuel Tal, who's the Rosh Hashiva of Yeshiva Torah de Chaim. Here in Yad Vitamin, we'll explain, I will explain what the case is, and then ask Molly uh, what she thinks about it, because she's the expert on these issues of our podcast. So first, to the mailbag. And we'll leave it to the, okay. The mailbag is the following. Hi, this is from Sarah Manning. She said we could use her name. I just listened to your podcast today. Maybe it was so obvious that it doesn't need saying, but one of the main barriers between Torah Eretz Yisrael and Torah Chutz Laaretz is the language barrier. The illiteracy of British and American Jews is embarrassing. Jewish schools are still not teaching Ivrit to a serious level, which is crazy given that most of the graduates will spend time in Israel. Surely Zionism 101 should be equipping the next generation of diaspora Jews to benefit from the huge wealth of innovative and exciting Torah learning that is being published in Ivrit. Perhaps this topic is worthy of further discussion in your excellent podcast, Peace Share with Ruben and Johnny. First of all, Sarah, thank you for calling our podcast excellent. I would agree. Uh, but to, to comment on your email, just uh, I, I, maybe we'll do it later as a as a larger context, I don't know if it's my place to start criticizing um, the American education system. In my experience, what we found was as follows. That if you insisted on teaching Ivrit to Ivrit, the Ivrit became a barrier to, to uh, teaching the material. Like many of the students simply don't have the language capability to understand Ivrit to Ivrit, you know, to understand Judaics. And then you had to choose, do I want to focus on the Ivrit or do I want to focus on the Chumash? Do I want to focus on what the kids are, are what the kids are really learning? And that's not an that's not an easy choice to make. And I'm very sure educators will prime it, will 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 chime in and and uh, talk about it. Mal, do you want to add anything about the? Um, no, I think that's the actually exactly correct. I think that uh, when you try to teach Ivrit Ivrit, what ends up happening is that you sacrifice depth and content. But then um, it is absolutely correct that um, when there isn't fluency in Hebrew that has a tremendous price and cost, both in terms of skills and in terms of um, ability to really um, understand and immerse in, in either way, the Israeli culture, but I don't even mean necessarily Israeli culture, I mean also Israeli intellectual culture. Um, you don't have access to a lot of um, shiurim and a lot of online resources, and it's 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 a hundred percent correct. I think what you said. Um, I just uh, you said. 
Oh, and it's absolutely, it's, I agree, it's totally true. There's so much going on here. Just reading Makuri Shon is like, a, each week is a, is like a lesson in cool things going on and interesting things that people are thinking. And if you don't have Hebrew, then you don't have access to even the most, the simplest things. Even, you know, nowadays, like you could listen to most Israeli radio as a podcast. And that's what I would say to people, listen to the radio. You won't get it at first, but if you keep doing it and keep doing it, you'll start to understand. That's all, like anything else. What I would say is though, I don't think, I think it's, I think what, what's, what's, a, what's a challenge is the culture. Meaning America, I can't speak for England, but American culture is not bilingual. Americans don't think that they should know other languages and therefore their whole mindset is not about learning other languages. Whereas in Europe, the kids learn Hebrew, they learn, you know, the kids are in France or Belgium. Somehow they're much more fluent in Hebrew sure. because oh, culturally yes. they're open to it. Yes, for sure. Listen, I was actually talking about this uh, at the Shabbos table about English. I think it's actually to the credit of America it shows you that they basically have become the de facto international language. That says something about America, American accomplishment over the last 200 years, let's say. Uh, I don't know if that's American accomplishment. I think it's American accomplishment is America is a very, is a powerful, a very powerful economic power. Right. But, decided but why did it become powerful? I'm saying that English. has to do with American ingenuity and American success. It became a superpower because it became a superpower and then the language of um, academia became English. And, um, you know, just in any place you go in the world, the, the, the default language, if you want to understand each other, is English. Okay, that's a different conversation. It's not necessarily a, you know, religious Zionist issue. Right. I do think that, like, Correct. it's, you know, we always say it in the negative sense. Oh, those Americans, they can't speak other languages, which is true. But I think there's also something quite impressive about America in that you know, in the, in, the, in the way that that happened, that's almost like kind of obvious to us. But I don't disagree with you. Okay. I, you know, I don't disagree with your point. I think it's very... Uh, so I wanted to actually, what really interested me about the letter is, is um, the second part. Surely Zionism 101 should be equipping the next generation of diaspora Jews to benefit from the huge innovation of exciting learning being published in Ivri. So what, what caught my eye is the notion of Zionism 101. Because interestingly enough, in my experience, while many religious Zionist schools are religious Zionism or claim to be religious Zionist, they don't actually teach religious Zionism as a course. There is no class in who are the religious Zionist leaders? What does it mean to be a religious Zionist? What do we believe in? I don't even know. I mean, they might, I don't know how much Zionism they teach. Yeah. I don't think it's a requirement either. Or even just and the history me, of Israel, always, by the way. Um, right. I mean, that was always a glaring, glaring sort of deficiency in the American education system to the point where I even started when I was working in a road trying to develop and, and develop a curriculum for religious Zionism so that schools would at least have a book, or like a real book and a curriculum for them to be able to teach in like 10th grade or 11th grade a one semester course on what does it mean to be a religious Zionist. So if any of our listeners here are interested, um, you can pick that up because I think it's a glaring, glaring need that needs to be fulfilled. What does it mean? What does it mean that we believe in religious Zionism? You know, where do the sources go? Yeah, and, and I think that there's also Zionism? like this voice coming out of America now that's saying that that there are, there's I don't know how large this voice is, but they're saying the religious Zionist education we got was the the limited that we got was kind of inadequate and in that it was pretty light on history and very heavy on you know rah rah jingoistic Israel Day parade, and that doesn't equip. That's exactly what I was going to say. The if the, if the go, be all and end all of your of your of your religious Zionism, and I would have BLN at all, of course, is the celebration of Yom Ma'ud and waving and, and, and participating in the, in the parade, and obviously saying to Hillim for Tzahal and whatever, that might be religious Zionist practice, but it's certainly not religious Zionist education. Right, and they don't, have, they don't have the history, and they don't have the nuances of the history, and again, that doesn't serve them well 
no matter where in the political spectrum they fall out later, but, you know, saying um, they're not equipped either to advocate for Israel or to respond when they hear critiques of Israel that they've never heard before. And then they don't um, they're very much at a loss. So I think uh, I actually I I, the reason it really struck me is because um, and maybe this is a topic for another time when John is with us. I really believe that young people are, are, are defining their own identity earlier and earlier. They're deciding who they want to be mm-hmm. much earlier than they used to be. It used to be, at least when, we, when I grew up, it was definitely after, I think, after I, I finished high school, I definitely wasn't fully formed. My identity wasn't fully formed. And, and my year in Israel, my years in Israel had a formative impact on me, on my identity. But my sense is now the younger people coming... They're they're much more clear about what they want to be and what they don't want to so be. So ironic because you know, even I think before they come, I would here. say the opposite. I think um, developmentally, people are developing later. There's a whole new developmental stage called um, emerging adulthood. It used to be that you had adolescence, and then you had early adulthood, and now it's like there's this finding yourself period between 19 and it's getting later and later. Your, your early 30s um, that didn't exist before. Um, so I don't know if it's interesting. I, I'm. I'm finding there's a less sorry, don't, you know, barrage me with criticisms, former students, but I'm finding that there's a um, <laughs> a decrease in maturity rather than an increase in maturity in, in general. Uh, yes, but when they get here, are they open to seriously rethinking who they are and what they want to be? Uh, or, no, they come here for the year. That probably depends on, I don't, I don't know if that's true. I think that might just be because it's become the thing to do to come to Israel. And so it used to be that it was a very self-selecting group, and now it's everybody, and so you're just getting a spectrum of different kinds of kids, students, ah. young women. Okay. Uh, Nonetheless, knowledge is important, yes. and yeah, knowing what it means to be yes. a Zionist. Now, I will say, by the way, I will say, interestingly enough, that this criticism is about Israel, too. I mean, our kids learn Ezra Chut, but they certainly don't learn religious Zionism. Meaning they're taught Rav Kook. Right, they're, they're taught, taught uh, Machshi, Machshevet Israel, but they're not necessarily... Right, they are not taught religious Zionism, which I think is a glaring omission of, for schools. You know, like, you ask them in the end, why, like, why do we be here? What does this belong to? What does this land belong to us? What is it, like, you know, they know they want to be in the army, but nobody ever told you, like, nobody speaks to them about the mitzvah Yishuv Haaretz and all, all the no, things I, that, I, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. That's like, uh, we would have to do a little bit of a poll and see, you know... Um, Go find out. There you go. That's your assignment for next week. Okay. (laughs) We move on. Yes. Okay. To topic number one. Topic number one started for me on a a Facebook post that I shared about the fact that Tel Aviv beaches are number three in plastic pollution in the Mediterranean. And that really was as bothersome as that is. What bothered me more is the the money quote for me that, that said the following. And I'm reading from the Times of Israel. Israel is the country with the second highest use of disposable plastic plates and utensils in the world in absolute terms. We are like this, we always talk about this like tiny, tiny country the size of New Jersey. We use more plastic plates than any other country, 4.5 billion disposable, that's hard to say, 4.5 billion disposable plates and utensils each year. Only less than the United States' population is 36 times our population. That is sad. That is so sad. It makes you want to cry. How is that possible? So that's a question. That's an interesting question in and of itself. But even more than that, to me, is the question that I really want to raise here is why do we, as religious Jews or as religious Zionists, we're like, okay, we read the article, let me share it on Facebook. And generally, are my more, I would say, the more liberal people on the spectrum of my Facebook friends 
all agree and share and talk about how terrible it is. And the more I would call them, the more uh, conservative is not the right word, but I would say more right wing. And that goes not only right wing um, politically and socially, but also religiously. Yeah, okay, whatever. Give me a break. You know what I'm saying? And and they really you know, and, and it certainly won't stop them from serving you know on paper plates on Shabbat each you know this this week or whatever. It doesn't cause them to really change their mind. And my question is why? Why? And, and it's not just about this issue. It's about any number of different socially socially related issues. And so um, I actually have a little bit of introduction, Molly, if you don't mind. That got me thinking about this. And then if you don't mind for like a like a brief little. Thing? Do you mind? No, I just I mean, couldn't hear the last thing you said. Uh, before I heard you, ah. you said, I, I, I have a, th- have I a like, theory. The reason that got me thinking, I'll explain why. Why did it get me thinking? Okay. What really got me thinking is uh, is is a shir I gave over Shavuot on Rabbi Akiva, and when you when you trace the personality of Rabbi Akiva in Shas, it's very clear that he was first before he became a Tamid Chacham, before he became Rabbi Akiva. As we all know, he was forty before he became. Uh, he was 40 before he became, uh, uh, before he started to learn and before he became a tzaddik, but not a tzaddik, but before he became a tamid chacham. And like there are all these quotes in there, like the Gemara Psachim said, Rabbi Kiva not only, not only didn't, wasn't, 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 wasn't Amaretz, he said the following. He said, when I was in Amaretz, he used to say, Mi tamid, tendi tamid chacham Give me a tamid chacham that I'll bite him like a donkey. Meaning he hated tamid chachamim. He saw something really detestable in righteous people. And, and the thesis that I developed was that Rabbi Akiva, ultimately we see like his mantra, his whole mantra is Vahavta Larecha Kamocha. He was very much into inter, like, interpersonal mitzvot. It was, it was like of utmost importance to him. And, and what I believe is that Rabbi Akiva, when he saw, he saw religious people, at, like we do today, and people are ostensibly religious, and when it comes to, you know, interpersonal and social relations and caring about the world and about other people, somehow the, the blackness of my tefillin and the spots on my etrog are much more important than those things. And that could become something that's very, very distasteful. And so it says later on, when he, he learned about certain chachamim and he grew to understand them, that he, that's what changed his mind. But I, 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 I really feel that way, that like, here we are, we're religious, ostensibly religious people. And we see this tremendous waste. I mean, I haven't the person, like, well, we can talk about what the, court, what the cause of this is, but like we see with our own eyes, you know, it seems to me the more religious you are, the less the more children you have, the less time you have to worry about these kinds of things. And so, like, you can go ahead and just throw away hundreds and hundreds of paper plates at a kiddish without batting an eye about what's doing to the environment or where these bags are ending up, et cetera, et cetera. Where, and you just spent all this time like, praising Eretz Yisrael and the beauty of Eretz Yisrael, you know what I'm saying? And, and, then, and then you're just destroying it. Like, how could that be? Where does this come from? All right. Okay, I think you are vastly oversimplifying, um, and I think I think it's a much more complex issue, um, and it deserves a lot, like a, a much closer resolution kind of analysis. So first of all, I think there's probably truth in the very basic thing you said, which is that, um, I, I don't think this should be the point that I should make first, because it's probably my weakest point, but I'll make it anyway, which is that it's true that religious people... Um, have a greater use for Chad Pa'ami. When you have, you know, between four to eight children in your family and you're serving um, three to four course meals weekly, not counting Shabbatot and Chagim and family dinners, um, and you're very busy because, you know, you're you're holding down two jobs, you're a two-income family, and you've got all these children, you have a lot less luxury to worry about the environment than if you are a single 
person living in a, you know, um, whatever, I won't indulge in stereotypes. Let's just say. No, no, right. Okay. Right, a okay, one person uh, family, you know, one person taking care of themselves, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they have much more time and, uh, you know, disposable resources to, to kind of not, not like, you know, whatever, disposable resources, not uh, disposables to invest in things like that. I think that that's very true. Um, so I, I think that that point is well taken. Um, I, but to your larger point about like, why don't from people care about social justice issues? I think that's too simplistic a way to say it. Um, I, I don't think that that's fair. I think that it's true. Wait, let, let me let me let me bolster my point before I let you re respond. Okay. When there was the Mecha'at HaKotich right. five years ago about the price of food, everybody kept saying, where are the religious Zionists? Which we weren't okay, there. Okay, so I'm going to answer and then, you. And, and so this is not, as I, I will tell you a story. It's not a good example, and I'll explain to you why it's not. So there was protests, you know, all these protests against corruption in the government. And those were thinly veiled, it's clear that they were thinly veiled protests. There you go. Left-wing protests against the Netanyahu government. And that was obvious. That's... So my sons, uh, my, wait, 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 let me finish. Mm -hmm. My sons were Shishiba, Rabbi Yuval Shur, though. Mm -hmm. um, he, he attended... Like they asked him to attend and he attended because he said, how could it be that there's a protest against corruption in the government and nobody really just shows up? And and of course, he was, you know, cynically um, utilized and used as an example. See, even Rabbi Vashirlo was against Bibi Netanyahu. Mm -hmm. And so he promised never to go to a protest like that again. But the larger point is true, well, but you meaning <laughs> no, the larger point is true. <laughs> Nobody, we, we, we never, we don't speak out even about corruption okay, in right, government. Okay. It's not something that's important that's to us as an okay, issue. Okay, that's so even, not true. I, I would say that I think that you're, you gave your answer in your question, which is that a lot of times the issues that are, that, that, that you are kind of, you know, tarring as the social justice, the social justice issues are associated with prog the progressive left or the left, the political left. And therefore, people have um, people who don't associate with that side of the political spectrum can't identify with the with the movement because they don't want to identify with the, with the larger movement. And I'll give you an example on the other side, right? When there was the hit. Wait, wait, wait a second. second. We have seeded. We said that mean, but these wait. are values that we believe in. Okay, so income inequality, like worrying, caring for the poor. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so I would say something else. These okay, are, wait, these wait, are wait, wait, wait. We all agree. agree. Are, do we, can, we, can we, you and I agree that these are religious values that, that are important to us Judaically? I agree with you. Like, I'm not convinced that the religious, that, listen, you could make a very good argument um, that the religious Zionist community should start talking seriously about issues that affect um Again, I don't like the word social justice because even the, the phrase social justice has become identified with a certain, you know, place on the spectrum. But issues that have to do with tzedakul mishpat, let's just use the original phrase. Um, you could make a good argument that, that like, if, if, you know, the Datilu Mi Party would run on that, maybe they would get my vote. But I want to also say that, that just because a person um, believes, well, how, how, which way should I say this? The fact that I, let's say, theoretically, lean to the right or lean, have a conservative bent, doesn't mean I care less about the environment and income inequality and all those, you know, all these types of issues. But maybe I have a different um, perspective. Maybe I believe that the solutions aren't quite as simple. 
Maybe I believe that interference, maybe I'm a libertarian, right? Maybe I'm not even right wing, right? Maybe I don't identify as a conservative, maybe I can identify as a libertarian. And I don't believe necessarily that government is the, you know, the interference of government is the best way. Now you're not being you're not being fair. Forget interference of government. You might think no. the government shouldn't, because if shouldn't you say, impose taxes. But I'm not talking about I'm okay, not talking so about I'm, I'm, solutions. I'm talking about speaking out. I'm talking okay, about but, but, taking but Ruby, action if you don't have because you care about answer, these issues. Right? If, how many wait, religious Zionists, how many religious Zionists really are motivated by the the issue of are we destroying the environment? So again, and, okay, know, so yeah, that's a couple things to say, right? One well, is... You know, um, is an issue you're right, though, I, I, but somehow okay. we don't seem to care I, about I, how, I, how our chickens are slaughtered. Okay, so I'm saying a couple of things. I'm saying, first of all, maybe they do care, but maybe they are more measured in how to solve these problems, whereas people on the left have very simple answers to things. Throw money at it, involve the government, we will solve the problems. They don't think so much... You are, but that's not fair. You're stereotyping. I am I don't stereotyping, know if that's true. but I'm suggesting. I'm suggesting that perhaps. I mean, I, there's. I have a Facebook They don't have a giant so banner, plastic. right? I'm a conservative, but I believe in you know um, fighting. I, I, you know, like fixing the environment. Well, how are you going to do it? Well, you know what? It's really complicated because I'm not. I'm sorry. That's really not fair Why? because you do Is have a banner true? in your house about about Yeshuva Aretz. You have a banner about Hijashvud. You have a banner about a lot of things. We choose our banner. Okay, wait. So then I'll say something. So that argument is no, that argument I, I, is not okay, fair so say, because it means wait, that you just didn't choose else, this banner. Which is, which is that I think that two more things, two more points that I wanted to make. One is to say the religious Zionist community is not involved in um, taking care of our social stratum is so not fair when you think about who it is that's upholding the social strata of Israel. Meaning, almost every single nonprofit that it makes this country function, or even governmental organization, is run by religious Zionist young women, or, you know, I, I don't say completely, because there are also men who do Shnat Sherut, and there are also Chiloni who do Shnat Sherut, but Sherut Lumi basically runs this country. Every, every, every hospital you go to, every um, after-school program for underprivileged kids, every, um, um, what's it called, uh, orphanage, right, every Beit Hayelet, basically, it, it it's, it's the religious Zionist communities that are manning these things, right? And if you, you said before about the army, right? Who's willing to endanger their lives and go into the Kravi positions? It's our youth that are being ideologically um, trained that this is a value. And again, also... Wait, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. First, of all, I, first of all, I agree so, okay. that our youth are ideolo ideological so and amazing. Is, but it's not because they're social... Not because they're, they, they do believe in social justice. They just have a different... Yes, but it does, that doesn't matter. No, you're you're arguing, you're do, just saying to me, why don't you? Because do not do Sherulu me because of, of social justice. Why do you think because my poor Shere daughter Lumi. has to do a second year of Sherut? Because Ima. She doesn't have to. She does. She, she's because she's she idealistic feels and dedicated to the country. Social pressure, in, in as they say, in a good way. She feels social pressure to do a second year Sherut. This kid is dying. Yeah, going but and learning in, in my, next my year. point is. But she says, and I, I, I don't think that the, that you have that in the, in the, with the same type of perspective necessarily in other sectors of society. Like when I spoke to somebody who was not from a Dati background and I asked them why they went to that particular job in the army, the answer was it had very much to do with personal shikulim. Because you can make a lot of money if you do X and if you spend Y amount, then you go out with Z. Our kids don't think that way. So, so be, just because they're not interested in certain issues, and it's an interesting question, why? environmentalism has not caught on. And again, I think that there are probably, uh, it's probably a more complex answer to why environmentalism isn't 
the buzzword of the religious Zionist community. But I don't think that therefore it's fair to say that they don't care about social justice. They very much care about social justice. And the other point that I, that I think is important to introduce into this conversation when you talk about conservatives versus liberals and the fact that maybe most religious Zionists fall out more on the conservative side is the work of Jonathan Haidt. And I have to admit, I, I've been meaning to read The Righteous Vines. I have not yet picked up the book, but before this conversation, Wait, what's that? What are you reading? A book called The Righteous Mind by a man named Jonathan. Mm -hmm. He is one of a bunch of thinkers who I think are wonderful and doing tremendously important work, trying to bridge the divides that are taking place in our larger culture, um, you know, worldwide. Um, Arthur Brooks is another one of the people who's working in this in this field. There are a bunch of people, and they're really doing important work. And what he so he wrote this book called The Righteous Mind. And I, I watched his TED talk just to get the general idea, and I understand that his ideas have been developed even since then, but just to break down very fundamentally what he says. He says that, that basically there are five human um, moral intuitions that he believes that, that, we're, that we're basically intuitively born with, but then, we're, then our culture, our environment, um, our background um, trains us, or maybe even our proclivity, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's a, our choices, train us to favor some over others. And his argument very broadly stated is that for liberals, the values of openness, right? Being open to other people, curiosity, learning new things is one of the most highest values. And the other second, their two major values are openness. And the second one is fairness, justice, right? So social justice, there you have it. And now you understand the entire, you know, social justice agenda. It's all about immigration rights, and um, LGBT rights and women's uh, equality, right? These are all about fairness and openness, right? And environmentalism. Those are basically, right? Conservatives have three other values that they add to the mix that speak much less to liberals. Those are um, the importance of boundaries, in-group versus out-group. And again, if you say that to a liberal, they're like, right, because they're also closed and they don't believe in letting other people in. Well, while the truth is that to make the, the conservative argument, the idea of having boundaried societies um, I think it's not that you don't you don't value the other the larger societies. It's just that you believe that societies are healthier when you also have smaller kind of groups and then build um, you know society out of those smaller pieces instead of this you know like boundaryless global community. That's one. The second is sanctity and purity, which again a conservative says, oh, they're just disgusted by things. They're prudes. Whereas I think. You I mean, a liberal. Well, I mean, a liberal, liberal will say, right? Not necessarily. I don't mean I don't mean to, you know, tar all liberals, but I'm saying this is the, the, the like distinction, right? Whereas a conservative will say the idea of having sanctity and purity um, is very valuable, and and I would argue that a religious person definitely believes in that. And and sexual mores, um, and 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 sniut, and 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 language, right? All of these ideas are not comprehensible if you don't hold a value, this value at all. And the third one is, um, it's escaping me right this second, hierarchies, right? The value of order, right? The value of authority, right? And, and again, so, so the other side might say, oh, yes, you know, you just listen blindly. And we think that could be maybe, if we have time, the second conversation about a rabbinic abuse of power. But at the same time, there's a tremendous value to order, right, and maintaining order in societies. So the point of this whole, right, this whole seeing things through this lens is to understand the conservatives are juggling these five values, and sometimes that creates conflict with 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 the values that are for, for liberals are much more um, obvious because they're going with their two major values of openness and and fairness, right? And so again, let's say environmentalism. 
Okay, so you're going to tell me... Uh, um, can, I can even just go back to the beginning and now see it through this lens, right? And, and I'll give... This is where I'll tell you the story. So I'll own shvot. And David, my husband, I asked him earlier, actually said that he doesn't think this is so fair what you're saying because all of the pilot projects that have to do with environmental, you know, with... Um, um, recycling all take place in Yishuvim because it's much easier to impose or to request from a religious community, right, here are the new rules. So Alon Shvot was one of the pilot projects. So around 10 years ago, we all got three different, you know, garbage cans. We got our orange one, we got our green one, we got our brown one. Uh, Wait, and the why? One second. We worked I mean, so hard. We worked so hard, this community, and it became the joke, you know, and every Purim spiel and every whatever it was, you know, and how do you throw in a tea bag to go into the garbage, the compost, but the goes into the paper and the the string goes into the into the whatever and everybody's recycling and everybody's working so hard and um in the end they discontinued the project not because of the unwillingness of the people but because the, it turned out that the government was not actually doing taking care of its side they were throwing them all away we're separating and we're all separating and they took everything and threw it into the same trash dump and and everybody got furious and that was the end of that yeah that's not just so tell you, wait, 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 but one little story. i understand what you're saying by the way i think has, point, i actually my I think, was eight kids Right. I was I was in her house and it was after it was, you know, Shabbos afternoon and she's throwing away her plate for plates. And she's like, I'm so sorry, environment. You know, she's separating with all my apologies to the environment. I had to use paper this week because. Wait, I, I have two people, wait, wait, okay. at our Shabbos table. And again, the point is that they're juggling all kinds of other values. Right. They're not just thinking about fairness and equality. They're thinking about not that I'm saying it doesn't fit into fairness and equality. I'm just saying. They're doing all kinds of other things. Their lives are full of balancing all kinds of other values that create conflict with, in theory, right, um, you know, recycling in this very simplistic way. It, it's just, it's hard, It's much harder. So, at, and again, other things are on their radar. They're, they're fighting. Okay, I want to, I, I would like radar. to respond and get yeah. the last word. Okay. Um, I, I, first of all, a, a couple of things. First of all, I, I really I appreciate your bringing up uh, the hate's work. I think it's definitely true that we are conflicted by a lot of different values. And if I say, well, am I, I going to make it my issue? There are other issues that I think are my issue, you know, like teaching a shir is my issue and learning all the time is my, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not, I, I understand that point. But it's also, it's also um, social issues. And it's and not like just I said, like, you you're making it very I don't think that's fair. Right, you're saying, oh, you know, all the, they throw all the bananas on the chaver on the on the wayside because they're so busy. I didn't, I didn't, so say, that. I didn't say that. That's the implication, and that's not. I fair. believe that we have. I believe that people have. Well, first of all, generally, unless you're an incredible tzaddik, and they're very rare. My experience has taught me that you have X amount of energy, and you have X amount of men mental energy, and physical energy, and spiritual energy. And if you channel it into one thing, it'll be very hard to be excellent at everything. That's just a, norm it's a normal human condition. I think that's legitimate. The my, my, my only comment, and I, I understand that, but I, I think that in seeding these things, I think that we pay a price. Because I see, I see you know, for better or for worse, for many Jews, like, you know, we, I disagree with this, but like much of liberal Judaism now thinks that Judaism is social, is so, social justice. Okay, so, and, and even if they don't think that, it just very much appeals to their worldview, to much of American, American Judaism and even Israeli Jews' uh, perspective on the world. And by seeding these values, by not promoting them, we, we, we don't give these Jews an avenue into the world that we think is important. Because they don't think that what's important to them is important okay, to so us. Okay, so that I can agree with. And I with. see just a number... Wait one second, let me yeah. finish. I see just... An, I see a number of rabbis in America who I follow or I see that 
and it's genuine. They really believe in these issues of social value, of social justice, of helping the poor, of helping the poor in a universal way. And it speaks to people, and that allows others to, it allows them to be kosher in their eyes in such a way that then their other messages and the, and the broader message has legitimacy that they can then promote. And and I think that you really have to think about it that way. I mean, you know, if you go to the APAC conference, I always think about it, you go to the APAC conference in America, you see tons of Chabad rabbis. Why? Because they understood that if you want to reach American Jews, you have to talk about what's important to them. But here we have something that's a mitzvah, that's, that's part of what we believe in, and we're not emphasizing it in a way that would literally draw in, you know, Jews looking for meaning and that want this to be part of their religious okay. uh, religious worldview. And I think that's something that has to be Listen, that I, that I could definitely agree with. The same way that we could say that, like, you know, the Chilonim are waking up and saying, like, you know, why is the Torah just the, the Nachala of the religious people? We also have a stake in Torah, and that's very important and valuable. I think that that's 100% correct, that the religious... I agree with you. I think the religious Zionists who are kind of floundering for a message, if they would take on the message... Uh, and, and really articulate it of making the world a better place, that would be very valuable. I would just caution that 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 doesn't what if what you know that what they have ha- might some of the people what they might have to say if they do lean more center right may not be exactly the same answers as the 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 Jews that you're describing in America think are obvious and would want to hear. It may be a more I know I, I agree. I understand that. I would, I'll just uh, to adopt on what you just said. I was listening to the radio this morning, and they had on a member of Knesset from. They asked him from Kulanu, formerly Kulanu, now Likud. Yeah. And they asked him, so what is it? Is it Kulanu or Likud? He said, Kulanu, Likud. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, why? Well, like, you know, well, well, decide which one you want to be. If you're Likud, be Likud. And the answer, of course, is because they want to promote the idea that Likud is also a part of Kulanu, that, that Kulanu is, you know, the whole point of Kulanu, whether you like this or not, this is, you know, is about, you know, is about reaching the needs of the community and about, you know, about housing for a lot of people, and they don't want it to get that message to be lost in the right wingedness of Likud, right. because that's also important to everyone. Right. You know, and, and I think that's something that as religious people we shouldn't forget. Agreed. Okay, we're not going to turn to our second issue. Uh, we're really going to we're really going to switch ah. gears in a very yeah. stark way and uh, and talk about the very very disturbing case of Rav Shmuel Powell. This is uh, all over the internet. It happens to be that this is a, um, a yeshiva that exists in Yad Binyamin that I, I, uh, I learned in the yeshiva. I don't learn in the yeshiva now. The yeshiva is, is run, it was is started and run by a rabbi named Rabbi Shua Tal. Rav Tal is a dominant figure. And this yeshiva was in Gush Katif uh, and before the disengagement and the destruction of the yeshiva. At this engagement, it moved to Yad Miyamin, and Sitch has grown and multiplied in a number of different ways. It's difficult to overstate the dominating um, personality of Rav Tal and the almost cult-like figure that he is in the yeshiva. Mm. I mean, it really very much, is, it, it would be hard to describe it as anything but a, um, a form of chasidut, where he is the Rebbe, he is the first, the end all and be all of the yeshiva. That's just that's just how it works over there. Rav Ta, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? They they worship the ground that he walks on. There's no there's no other way to describe it. So it came out recently. This has been festering in Yad Benjamin for months. I mean, I only found out about it Pesach time, but it's been festering for months. That a number of years ago there was a young, a no, I think more than one, but a number of young couples where they were having marital problems and the wife. The young woman was uh, in consultation with Rav Tal, 
And Rav Tal said to her, intimated to her, it's, I don't really know, but it's not really, uh, maybe it is important, he said to, to the wife, said that he saw in Ruach HaKodesh that his wife was going to die and that he was going to be married to this young woman. So he encouraged her to get divorced, which she did, and then, uh, and, and that after they would get divorced, when his wife died, that he would marry her. Okay? And the, the couple did get divorced, and uh, thank God Rav Tal's wife uh, is alive and well, and uh, would not have him have this young woman as, a, I think, a second wife or whatever, was having none of that. And when the woman realized that she had either been misled, I don't know, when she realized, she recon she actually had went to therapy with her husband, and they went with her former husband, they reconciled and remarried, left the yeshiva, and then sued the yeshiva and Rav Tal for an undisclosed settlement, Etc. 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 Recently, Rav Shmuel Eliyahu, who has been involved with this yeshiva, this yeshiva is pretty well known in not only religious Zionist circles but in pseudo Haredi circles, in Shas circles. Uh, Rav Shmuel Eliyahu is a leading figure. He's the chief rabbi of Tzfat. He issued a letter condemning Rav Tal for his behavior and deciding that Rav Tal should no longer be the rosh yeshiva of of, of Torah Nachayim. They can no longer serve as a leader. So we have like a really interesting. And so now in Torah Nachayim, actually the yeshiva is totally split. I, I don't know what the numbers are. I really have no idea. I'm not privy to any of that information. But there's definitely a faction that wants Rav Tal to leave. And then there's a very, very strong faction that thinks he should stay. That, you know, it was a Ruach Shtut. He said, I did it. I made a mistake. Nichnas vi Ruach Shtut. It was a Sitra Achra, whatever it was. You know, and, and uh, it's not going to happen again. And, uh, you know, other people want to destroy the yeshiva and the amazing work that it does. It's very important to note. Uh, the yeshiva was religious Zionist. After the disengagement of Tal, you know, after a period of contemplation, decided that he could no longer be religious Zionist. They no longer celebrate Yom Ha'atzma'ut. They celebrate Yom Yerushalayim. But at the same time, the yeshiva does amazing work with Bali Tshuva. I mean, you know, it had, Rav Tal definitely has his own sort of way of doing things halachically, I would say. His own psakim. Like, if you walk around, you'll see a lot. They're, they wear tefillin all day. He has his own unique way of doing psak halacha. That's neither here nor there. But... Generally, the Bachurim are wonderful people. They get a lot from the yeshiva. They feel it's very meaningful in their lives. The ones that graduate go to the Garin, Tavani, and Natsuad elite. You know, objectively, if you look at the work the yeshiva does, there's a lot of good that comes out of it, specifically because they follow Raftal, this personality of Raftal. So now, Mali, I am not a social worker. I have to tell you, I'm torn. My initial inclination is, I've got to go. How can you do such a thing in the name of Ruach HaKodesh? But on the other hand, he never touched anyone. and Everyone agrees. There was no... There was no um, there was no physical assault. There was no molestation. None of the things that we're used to hearing from rabbis. Okay? So I am a little uh, torn, and I want why? to know. Please, huh. please tell. I know I'm serious. I, I really, I mean, I think people are a little bit, I'm torn. I don't know. What are you torn yeah, about exactly? Yes, he absolutely, first of all, you're telling me this story, and like every single light, yellow light, red light is flashing. Charismatic leader with devoted cult-like following. Um... Antinomian tendencies. Maybe antinomian is too strong a word. Extremist tendencies. Antinomian. Wait, wait. I'm not. I'm not as educated as you. Antinomian, antinomian means like at like where you like break halacha because you like keep halacha like shab tzvi, right? So it's like. No, he doesn't. No, no, no. Okay, no. Don't so, take so, it to be honest. No, I didn't mean to, not, to, no, no, to no. compare it to shab tzvi. I'm just saying like you you. Well, you did. Um, <laughs> you did compare. Um, it. No, hold on. I'm sorry. Just one second. <laughs> okay. Um, where, where you, again, like you, you, you go to extremist places, your views become extremist. Um, these are all giant lights about leaders that you should turn around and run the other way and flee from. Um, 
you speaking in the name of Ruach HaKodesh, I know what God wants. Again, like flash, 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 stay away, stay away, stay away. Uh, yeah, but people do, they're not no, staying no. away. There are people that want to hear what he has to say. That's they nice. want to okay. and they, they also, want to okay, but here's a, And they also want to hear what Avelon has to say, and they also want to hear what Berlin has to say. And there are many um, people, and, and I won't name other names, but I could if I wanted to. Um, there are many, this is the, this, this ridiculous, uh, not ridiculous, not respectful, this um, misguided or misapprehension that, that a, a, a sexual offender must be a monster and can have nothing of value to contribute to the community. That is completely not true. Mati alone had beautiful words of Torah to say that doesn't make him a spiritual leader or a person who is, who is appropriate to be, um, you know, uh, um, revered as a religious or spiritual leader, and certainly a person that it's safe to put within um, physical uh, distance of children. So, like, the fact that a person has something to say, so what? Wait, what's that? So, what's Korach, that? Korach, Korach probably also had something to say. Do you know what I'm saying? The fact that a person has... No, no, I don't. I really don't know what you're what saying. What I'm saying is that... I mean, let's say this, let's, the meaning you think by definition because... If a person has violated, if a person has transgressed certain sexual boundaries that are inappropriate, um, certainly for anybody, let alone for somebody who's a figure of authority, let alone somebody who's a spiritual leader, that cannot be... Sexual boundaries have been transgressed here? Say that again? Sexual boundaries have been transgressed. Absolutely. Hi, I had I have Ruach HaKodesh. My wife is going to die, and we are going to be remarried. That is a complete um, trans... Of course that's a trans... That's a crossing of appropriate boundaries. Now, it's a transgression of authority. It's a transgression of... Okay, of, authority of, boundaries, but it's, it's also not a, spiritual. Is that a sexual... That's not a, why is that a sexual because transgression? You're, I'm not really asking. I'm really um, serious. I'm not like playing... It's, it's abuse boundaries. of authority. It's an abuse of your spiritual yes. power. It's... Because right. it, the reason it's a, it, and it's in the context of a sexual um, relationship, is we are go, we are going to get married. And again, when you talk about like what's considered hatrada, right? The the power imbalance becomes a very important factor. So that even if the sexual transgression is quote unquote less um, seemingly um, egregious, right? There's no physical contact. There's no whatever. The fact that there's the there's no coercion, oh, there's, okay. there's no there's no what you say the coercion, coercion right? No, there's no ostensible there's coercion. coercion. If there's a she, the woman was never meant to make to feel uncomfortable. Um, okay, but she, if she, there she, she is a power wants. imbalance, right? That when you introduce that factor, that therefore tips the scales into um, boundary violation and inappropriateness. I totally agree that the bad that is a no, boundary. No, and it's violation. also a sexual boundary violation when you are the, the mm. religious and spiritual guide, and you are helping the, the the couple with couples therapy, and you say we're going to get married, and I see with my spiritual eyes that my wife is going to die. That is a that there that there, there's coercion there. There's a use of your power, and there's a use of your spiritual and religious authority. Totally agree, but that's again. I totally agree with all again, of what you, you said, but I don't see how that's how that is is a. a, a oh my god! Because it's so dangerous, predator. especially when you're describing a person who has all of the patterns of 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 of, of um, traditional predators. Again, charismatic cult-like following. 
um, willingness to say. It's 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 not a, it's not illegal to be a charismatic. It's not, cult but if someone's a charismatic cult-like leader, I would tell my children, uh, "Don't uh, watch out." Really, you would? Oh, and, yes, and if I your would. child, absolutely, one hundred. If your child and if your child said, "I went to that yeshiva, it was great. I, I heard him; he's amazing. I'm going there." What that yeshiva? I didn't hear the. Sorry, yeah. just kind of. Yeah, that that yeshiva. I would say. Your child comes home and says, "Your daughter comes home and says." I was invited to this Yom Yun at Torah Chaim, and they okay. they're talking about 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 therapy through Judaism. So I would say, listen, I want you to know, and there's they're going to teach you about their this movies. guy. Be careful, and then I would say to her, only be in groups, never be alone with him. Watch out and trust your. This is, and I'm now going to use a very professional phrase, but it's a very important one for young women and and young men to know. Trust your creepometer. What's a creep creepometer? <laughs> Is that really? Well, I'll tell you where I got it from. A friend of mine who's a social worker, I once had an experience where I was not sure if something was inappropriate. Um, and so I spoke to her and she, it was, it was actually something that happened that I had experienced. Um, and she said, she had heard this word from a, uh, I don't know if I can quote him without his permission, but he's a uh, venerated, he's the expert in sexual issues at Bar Ilan University. And he said, um, you should trust your creepometer. The creepometer is if you're feeling like something's creepy, it's probably creepy. And, okay. and the odds are probably high that you should take care of yourself and keep keep yourself safe. Um, and this... No, I totally okay. agree that this is creepy. So, so then it's got a creepometer. It's got a very high creepometer rating. And again, it's got all of the signs that say, like... I love that term. Warning, danger, danger, danger. <laughs> we, wait, 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 here's wait, my problem. Wait, wait, I tell you, five, minutes ago, five minutes ago, you were telling me that the religious Zionist community is not forward-thinking enough on social justice issues. So here I am telling you that the religious, here's an issue where I feel passionately, the religious science community, they're getting there, but they have to get stronger, which is we have to say there is. Are you kidding? Religious in America, figures, in America, second. in America, Rav Tal would have been gone so months we ago. we need. As a, here and here we're an waiting issue. for the bacon so to issue. So that, here's an issue where I 100% agree with you. We as the religious Zionist community need to be leaders on sexual safety um, for our children, for our, for our young women and for our young men. We have to stop tolerating this type of behavior and excusing it and stop saying, oh, but he's such a big rough and oh, but I know his poor family and oh, give him another chance. No, I'm sorry. There has to be, um, you know, zero tolerance for sexual abuse, right? And again, I'm not saying every shmuah therefore means that somebody's instantly guilty. But what I'm saying is that when you have clear evidence of guilt, you do not start going to places that minimize. No, I'm sorry. There's no place for somebody who, who says things like this to be considered a person that we respect and value in the religious community. Here's where I think we need to. Why, why can't he say, I made a mistake. It was a terrible thing because to do. I'm learned from my uh, mistake. David Amelie, okay, I think this is what I heard you say. David Amelie also Amel, made a mistake. We can have, I can give you a whole share on David Batsheva and how David, it's a totally unfair comparison. Um, David did shuva. David, um, okay, you want to tell, listen. Here's what I will say to you. Is it possible for a sexual predator to re rehabilitate? Yes, it is, right? Should we give them a chance to try to do it? Yes, we should. Um, is the recidivism rate pretty high? Yes, it is, right? I'm still example not comfortable is with the term. I don't, I'm they still gave not him a chance, him. right? Forum Tachana said to him, you the, go to Migdal and you sit there, but you can't teach Torah and you cannot hang around with youth. And guess what he was doing? He could not help himself. And that that's... The
I'm still not comfortable with your with, with your categorization. Yes, it's creepy. Creepometer okay, fine. I mean, it's cultometer, cultometer off the chart. That's right? no problem. Reading, um, you know, charismatic personality. And charismatic and I don't, personality. I don't, I don't see he's, got, he's like ten for ten have, on those three metrics. Correct, but you haven't, but you haven't convinced me that we're talking about a sexual predator. Okay, uh, fine. I don't I, you only use a sexual predator. You, you have. I, I yeah. think that I, that there's a compelling case. It doesn't even need to be made. That this is a person who has behaved inappropriately sexually, right? And I need to see real, um, you, you know, remorse and change before I think it's appropriate to continue to allow him to um, to be um, in a public position of respect and authority. Okay, let me now. Let me sign up. Next question. So, so I'm a resident of Yamin Yamin. You're living in a lone tefut. First of all, his his followers say, "What's the problem? There's a beit din. The beit din's going to decide. You have to, well, first of all, let's just wait until the beit din decides and issues an, a decision about about who are you to decide. Let the rabbanim who they've appointed and they've agreed on let them decide. That's number one. Number two, let's say Molly Brasky says, "I don't need a beit din. The creeper meters off the And charge. by the way, I have Shmuel what, Eliyahu coming out. That's also important, right? Yeah, it's not sure. just that. What's my uh, responsibility? I, you have a big authority. You are saying a, we know and we think this is inappropriate, and more power to those rabbinic leaders who are willing to come out and say that. Because that's okay. Go ahead. So, what was your question to me? Living in a lone shvuk. So then, what's our responsibility? I, I'm torn. I really what's our responsibility? This. What's my responsibility as a resident of Yad Minyamin, where this yeshiva exists, and and. You know, forget it. There's a lot of other problems, but like I, you know, I spoke to other, like I spoke to Rabbanim, and they're like, "Yeah, it's bad." Okay, you know, we agreed. We we said something. We said to the Russian WhatsApp. We said, "What do you want from us?" So Molly, what do you want from me? So I want the I want it to be very very clear that there's no room within our communities for people who behave this way. That they 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 have to, that that we that we are uh, that we are mokey them from our ranks. Same way, you know, we had this conversation about, you know, are you Moki somebody who who who's a avowed racist and a Kahanist? Yes. Why, why should there be any less tolerance for um, religious leaders who transgress in these types of areas? No, there should not. I'm sorry. Nope. It's also very disempowering to to people who are, have been victim been victimized when when people who have had experiences like this and victims slash survivors. And they see, and this is a very important point, which is that survivors of sexual abuse of any, you know, any place on the spectrum, how um, they feel they are seen by the community or the response to their story um, very much affects their, their healing. So when, when victims see predators or, or, you know, potential, whatever word you want to use, uh, uh, offenders, let's use the word offenders, offenders being forgiven, not being taken seriously, that is extremely um, traumatizing for people who have had these experiences. They feel not seen, they feel not heard, they end up leaving the religious community. And I want to, I'll end with a final point. There's a very, very smart point that was made by Rabbi Eli Ofran, who is a psychologist and a rabbi of the community. He talks a lot about these types of issues. And what he said is when a community, this is really your question, when a community is dealing with a situation like this, right? And let's say even, even a more gray situation. You're not sure. Here, he, the guy admitted it. We know that he did something wrong. What did he say? He said, there's no, I'm not taking a stand. Not taking a stand is already taking a side. There's no way to not take sides in an issue like this. So you have got to take a side. Because if you don't, you're taking a side. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And 
and and taking aside means expressing myself, and that's enough. Um, demanding that he demanding that he be demanding that he be removed. I demand that he be removed, and that's enough. I'm not serious. Uh, I'm really yeah, I think so. I think some me. type of of clarity that the community um, makes it clear to um, past past survivors and future potential victims that we do not um, tolerate this type of behavior. Yes, I think there needs to be some type of public statement about that, especially at this time and place where our community, again, to go back to the first part of our conversation, here's an issue where I don't think our community is doing enough, which I don't blame it for. I understand why not. Um, but I think that here is a place where, yes, that's what I would say. Okay, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much right. for your professional opinion. I really do very, evaluate very much. We'll, uh, we'll leave it there. If you have comments or questions, we're always interested in getting your feedback. And we're going to try to really try to do this on a more regular basis. We've now got, you know, we're never going to always be available at the same time. We're going to do two out of three weeks. That's it. We're going to try to make sure that we actually have two people. Maybe we'll invite some guests as well. Uh, this has been RZ Weekly. I want to thank Molly Brasky. Um, for being with us. And I thank my son, Vitakis Volter, who wrote our, our music. Uh, my name is Ruben Spolter, and uh, wishing everybody a wonderful week. Thanks very much.